Oh no! Oh no! We need our mic. We don't have the right mic. <clears throat> the right microphone or the sound will Okay. Now we should be in better shape here. Great. So welcome back. Um so I had a really interesting experience this week. And gosh, I don't know if this should be for the podcast or for YouTube. Hmm. Maybe it'll be for both. So I met a very interesting person, a magician. And he was talking to me about the witch's pyramid. And the Witch's Pyramid is a cornerstone of craft, basically. It's like the four pillars. And they are to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent. And I'm going to read this little piece here. And it says, to attain the sanctum regnum, in other words, the knowledge and power of the Magi, there are four indispensable conditions, an intelligence illuminated by study, an intrepidity, which nothing can check, a will, which cannot be broken, and a prudence which nothing can corrupt and nothing intoxicate, to know, to dare, to will, to keep silence. Such are the four words of the Magus inscribed upon the four symbolical forms of the Sphinx. So I've been looking on the Sphinx. <laughs> I've been like looking for those words on the Sphinx. Um, not sure where it is. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. I'm sure I will find it. But these words were written by a French occultist and magician, and his name was Eliphas Levi. Maybe it's Eliphas. I'm not sure. E-L-I-P-H-A-S. And he lived between 1810 and 1875. So... Not a super long life, um, but his two trans his so there's two volumes of his work. One was released in 1854, and one was released in 1856. And the volumes are um, Transcendental Magic, its Doctrine and Ritual, and that's where he shared these four pillars. And so. Uh, it says, for Matt, for Levi, the Magi were the carriers of magical tradition. Just before introducing his readers to what would become the Witch's Pyramid, he writes that magic is the traditional science of the secrets of nature, which has been transmitted to us from the Magi. In Levi's world, 
In order to become a successful magician, one must be like the Magi. And to be like the Magi, one must adhere to the four principles of to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silence. And it says Levi is quite explicit in what these four principles mean. To be a magician, one must know one's craft and study and be fearless in that study, afraid of nothing that it might reveal. This requires an iron constitution and a deep inner strength, along with a sense of judgment unhindered by outside forces. So I want to talk about that for a little bit, because I know that with the people that I talk to, and even just being a spiritual person, which is why I was talking about this with the person I was talking about it with, it's like there's always this conversation around us not feeling 100% centered in ritual or in putting ourselves out in the world as spiritualists or as witches. Some of it can be because of our upbringing. Some of it can be because of sort of the memory of witch trials and executions of spiritual people, which is actually still happening in 2021 and 2022 in certain parts of the world. And it's hard to discern whether or not the memories of these witch trials actually live in our DNA or they are from the repeated images about them that we've that have been surrounding us since we were born it's hard to know right and so even if you have studied spirituality and things like that, there might be a fear to do it, right? To dare. Because so many of us, again, have been taught that it's wrong, whereas anybody who really studies witchery from a historical aspect knows that, you know, witch... Many witches were thought to be white, wise women. They were women who controlled, we, we could call them herbalists. We could call them doulas. So they were very tapped into birth. They were also tapped into death. They were very powerful women in their villages. And a lot of witches in this country, I can't speak of other countries really, but a lot of uh, women who were thought to be witches in this country who were persecuted, etc., held such power. And a lot of the reasons why they were accused was because they held power and they separated themselves from men. Hold on. Okay, I had to take a brief thing. So... So the women, many of the women that were persecuted were women that held power in the village. A lot of them were landowners. 
And the trials were, you know, a way to get their land from them. Uh, some of the women were outcasts. So many things I could say. So with this memory of these trials, something I want to say about outcasts too. You know, witchy people stand out. Okay. Many of them stood out for most of their lives, at least the people that are witchy that I know. You know, they're not quote unquote mainstream. Uh, and so many of them have experienced different forms of trauma. Many of the healers and things like that that I know have experienced trauma themselves. So all of these things put you on the outside of society already. So if you are already an outside person, how much more difficult does it make to dare to do something that's so outside of the norm, that's so vilified? You know, the word witch is so polarizing, turns people off. It makes people afraid when we think about the images of the witch. And when we think about the chakra systems and how trauma impacts the root chakra, well, really, it, it, trauma impacts the entire chakra system, really. But I'm going to just talk about the root and the solar for a minute. Because the root chakra, so to me, the chakras have to do with rights. Your right to be on the planet, for me, is that root chakra. Your right to exist, your right to be here. And when you have experienced trauma, how that can be disrupted, you know, that feeling that you have a right to be here. And so I talk about this with my clients all the time. And so if there is this inherent question around one's right to exist, how much more challenging is it going to be to, again, dare to step into the world of magic and to know that you have a right to do it. I hope this is making sense. I feel like it is. <laughs> okay. So the will, the solar plexus chakra. Again, if you don't have a basic feeling that you have a right to be on the planet, how are you going to feel like you have the right to put your will out into the world? Mm -hmm. 
How does that happen? Right? So a lot of times, the reason our manifestations, his manifestation is a form of magic. I mean, it's, it's, spell, it's spell work. <laughs> You're saying affirmations. Those are incantations. How are you expecting your manifestations to work? If you don't really feel like you have a right to the things that, not you, we, I, me, Zoe, us, we have a right to the things that we desire. And where are our desires coming from in the first place? Are our desires coming from a need for validation? Hmm. To fill the holes that trauma creates or created. And that can be domestic violence, that can be sexual assault, that can be racism, sexism, patriarchy, poverty. These things are violent, these things cause trauma. And so how can we manifest when we have these holes? And again, when we're not sure if we are manifesting out of a true desire to raise the vibration to help the planet, or again, we're trying to fill holes. Back to the reading. Levi is quite explicit in what these four principles mean. To be a magician, one must know one's craft and study and be fearless in that study, afraid of nothing that it might reveal. That feels like shadow work to me. <laughs> this requires an iron constitution and a deep inner strength, along with a sense of judgment unhindered by outside forces. Because Levi equates his four words of the Magus with the legendary Sphinx. His indispensable conditions are sometimes referred to as the four powers of the Sphinx. In ceremonial magic circles, they are often called the four powers of the Magi, the Magus, excuse me, or magician. The term witch's pyramid is used exclusively in witchcraft and was most likely first used in the 1950s, 75 years after Levi's death. Ooh, we want to make something that sticks, don't we? Don't we, don't we, don't we? We are not going to talk about, no, we're not talking about that. We do not speak of him. I don't anyway. Is there anything else? So let's see here. So there's someone else. Okay, so we'll talk about Paul Hewson. So Paul Hewson's Mastering Witchcraft 1970 mentions the Witch's Pyramid as an essential magical first step. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Okay, sorry. Car just drove by playing some interesting music. Okay mentions the witch's pyramid as an essential magical first step. Instead of using the familiar to know, to will, etc., Houston writes about the four powers as a virulent imagination. I love that. A will of fire. I like that. Rock hard flare. Oh, rock hard faith. I like that. And a flare 
for secrecy. I like that too. These ideas sync up nicely with Levi's original vision and remove any ambiguity in the meaning of the four powers. So they, so I'm going to, I'll also swing back to the article um, to tell you what article I pulled this from. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I want to read from here. Absolutely not. I think that's great. Okay. So I like, I'm, so I'm going to keep to, to dare, to will, to know, to keep silent um, because it's the original and I'm kind of a purist. So to know, there are many different types of knowing, which makes the first lesson of the pyramid open to several interpretations. So to me, what that means is constant learning, right? Constantly learning, constantly studying. So yeah, um, knowing. Also, I feel like when I think about knowing, it's also having a knowing in yourself, a knowing of yourself. Again, I'm linking it back to the chakras. I'm linking it back to the root chakra. Knowing that you have a right to the things that you desire. All right. And to be silent. So again, that's also another um, very, I feel like I've talked about to dare a lot. So I don't think I need to talk about that anymore. Um, I feel like I've talked about will as well. So we'll talk about keeping silent. So that's also a major part of manifestation, uh, manifesting. For those of you that I'm that are watching this on YouTube, I'm sorry I keep looking up um, and not looking at the camera like I usually do. It's because I'm in a um, a luminal space right now, I guess. So I'm 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 connecting. <laughs> so um, that's why I'm not looking directly at the camera. Um, so yeah, so to be silent. So the Bible says pray in secret. Go to a quiet place, pray in secret. Again, also a major part of manifestation. They say don't tell people what you're working on. Don't tell people your dreams. There is this power shared, power lost axiom as well. And there's reasons for this. One of the reasons is we don't talk about our dreams with everyone is because, you know, mal ojo, <laughs> mal ojo, <laughs> mal ojo, <laughs> evil eye. <laughs> Na, what do they say? What do the Muslims call it? Nazur, Nazur. I think it's Nazur. Um, evil eye which can be unintentional, right? People can have a little hateration and holleration in this dancery. Unintentionally, you know? You have something really nice, you wanna share it with the world, and you start sharing it and people are like, oh, that's nice, but inside they're like, why them, Not why not me, right? That just those little things can send negativity your way. So that's one thing, right? We don't want that malocchio. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for people listening on the podcast, I'm showing my uh, my my eye ring, my eye ring that I just got. Um, so yeah, we don't want no malocchio. And um, so the other part of it is too, a lot of times, again, because of our histories, we don't feel 100% uh, sure and secure in what in our in our magical workings and in what we're trying to manifest. So when we say it to other people, it's like our ego can get involved and we can start to like dissipate the things that we're manifesting because of our own disbelief. It's really interesting how that happens. Like I know for me, I definitely have had instances where I've had opportunities like right there, right about to percolate, even like people I've met, like potential like dating partners and things like that. And then here I go running off at the mouth, and then that that opportunity, that person is like dust in the wind. (laughs) All they are is dust in the wind. (laughs) They just go as soon as they came, they're gone, just drifting it away. So we want to be careful about that. And so that's that secrecy piece. Even though it's like, damn, we want to share, you know, it's like, oh, I'm working on this thing. Da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, no, Mm-mm. keep silent, keep silent until it manifests. So for me, obviously, I have an Instagram page where I share a lot of things And a lot of the rituals that I share are rituals that I've done already prior or they're rituals that I I don't do because I'm sharing it. Or I'll share parts of it for folks, but then I don't share the parts that I do, right? So I might mix up the ritual a little bit or I might add or I might subtract um, an ingredient or something like that. And that has to do with that keeping silent piece. Because I do believe in covert and overt work. And it's something I feel like I do struggle with um, being so public. I know that times have changed a little bit. But it's still, you know, again, because of all of the things that I talked about before, putting yourselves out there is a thing, is a thing. It's not the most, the time will come when people are more accepting. So I'm going to do a reading now about this pyramid. I have no idea what that means. Um, I'm just guided to do it. So I'm going to do it. So first we're going to start with to know, and this is going to be a message for the collective on this pyramid, what it is that we need to know in this time right before the Saturn, um, Saturn, 
<laughs> Saturday. Wow. Saturn be Saturn be stalking me. Saturn be stalking me. Saturn be stalking me. Not Saturn. Saturday's solar eclipse. Saturday is also the new moon. Very this is gonna be a very powerful new moon. So I think that uh I'm gonna release this uh video. Maybe Friday. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, look, in today's Jupiter. Oh, today's Jupiter. Lord Jesus. So I guess I'm just not even going to be saying the days of the week anymore. I'm going to just be saying the planets that the day is associated with. Because Jupiter rules Thursday and Saturn rules Saturday. Okay. So this is interesting. So, and this is very accurate also for what's happening um, planetarily because we do have a stellium in Pisces today. It is April 28th. And so that we had a stellium in Pisces yesterday. And today we have five planets in the sign of Pisces, um, Venus, Neptune, uh, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter. Uh, what are the other two? Venus, Neptune, Jupiter, um, I just sent this to somebody yesterday. Um, let me look at my text. Uh, I, yeah. So if you're feeling a little spacey today, it could be because of this stellium in Pisces. Hmm. Where is my text? Hmm. Am I going to have to get my phone? Oh my goodness. All right. I'll go back to that. I'll do that at the end. Oh, Cause I want to get to this, uh, this card. So we have the seven of cups. So this is super interesting to me as we talk about this pyramid as a foundation and how perfect is this seven of cups? Yeah. All of the things clouding our knowing, because we're starting at the no to know. All of the things that make us doubt are knowing. So I think what we need to do now is to pull a card, yeah, for clarification to clear up this fogginess and we are going to the African goddess rising oracle so can we get a ooh, remedy what's the remedy ooh, okay 
I need a remedy. So we got divine lineage. Wow. So basically, we got six here, six for family. This is so understanding that this is the true essence. This is Sarah Lakali. I'm going to actually read from this too. I'm going to read in the book. This is our remedy here. Understanding that we come from a divine lineage. This, I know somebody told me they were listening to one of my other readings and I was talking about um, Moses and why was I talking about or listening about the Red Sea and the splitting of the Red Sea the other day? I can't remember, but this is giving me Red Sea vibes because she's splitting the water. No, is she not? This also gives me the faith of, not the faith of the mustard seed, the, um, I don't know who I was talking to about the Bible yesterday. I'm always talking to somebody about something. Maybe it was somebody I was interviewing for, maybe it was, maybe it was somebody I was interviewing for the podcast. I think that's exactly what it was. Um, and she was, yeah. And she was talking about, yeah. So an up, uh, an upcoming podcast person, Tonier Kane will be here, you know, I'll be airing that pretty soon, but she was talking about her favorite biblical verse. That's right. And so one of my favorite biblical, um, stories is about the is about the faith of the mustard seed, but also if you see a mountain and you believe with all your heart, oh my gosh, if this is not, if this does not go back to the four pillars, if this does not go back to biblical stories being a book of incantations, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read to you this, uh, because this is a, if you say to the mountain, here it is, Mark eleven twenty three. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say, will happen, it will be done for them. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Truly, I tell you, that if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and has no doubt in his heart, but believes it will happen, it will be done for him slash they slash them. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. To know, to dare, to will, 
to keep silent. I know y'all don't want to believe. I know y'all want to say it's, you know, it's it's not, you know, when you when you do this kind of work that is this and it's that and it's this and it's that. But I just I'm just here to draw connections. I'm just I'm just here to draw connections. And hopefully you will be one of my other favorite words. Hopefully you will be edified. by this conversation. (sighs) Thrown into the sea. And here she is in the middle of what could be argued, the sea. Divine lineage. We come from a lineage that can speak our desires into existence if we dare to believe that it is so. Let's move on. Let's move on to to dare. So we're gonna pull a card for to dare, not this deck, okay. All right, let's see what deck. Oh, okay, I see, I see, I see, I see what's happening. Okay, let's see. I got a million of them. I got a million of them. All right, let's see which deck. Not the Deviant Moon. Not for this conversation. Not for this conversation. No, not the Deviant Moon for this conversation. The African Tarot or whatever it's called. To know. What do you have to say for us for this to know? To know? To know? I'm sorry. Not to know. To dare. To dare. We already got to know. To dare. What do you have for us for to dare? What does the collective need to to know about to dare? Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. Knight of Cups. So whenever we see a knight in the tarot, we know that that is an end of a long-term situation. Knights also being the messenger. Cups having to do with emotions and water. Pisces. And here we are with the stellium in Pisces. Cancer. Scorpio. Oh, sorry, boo. Somebody arguing with their partner outside, honey. Choku Ray, I've been there. Poor thing. Okay, distractions. Distractions, right? Distractions. Holy smokes. Cancel and delete. Knight of Cups. End of a long-term situation. Could this be... Because we're talking about to dare. Could this be 
we're coming to the end of feeling like we don't deserve the things we're asking for? Could it be? Could it be? Thoughts become things. Our feelings matter. Could it be a change in our feelings? I think so. So we're getting some clarification. Oh, oh, from the crystal deck. Are we going to get crystals that help us with this? Okay. All right. All right. I see what you're doing. So can we get um, clarification on this Knight of Cups or suggestions, suggestions, suggestions? 36 minutes, 51 seconds. Wow, this is one long video and podcast. Okay. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to see these cards, I suggest you go over to the Magic Hours on YouTube. Interesting. We got Emerald. Huh, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Emerald City. We got Spring, Unity, Vitality. It resonates with Sagittarius and Venus and Mars. Mars, thank you very much, Spirit. Mars is one of the other planets that's in Pisces right now. And so is Venus. So Mars, Venus, Jupiter. <laughs> oh, Neptune. Mars, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter. And there's one more. It'll come to me. Spirit's already given me one. Okay, it says lush and reminiscent of the green of spring. Emerald is known as the sign of successful love. We also have this Knight of Cups, which can be, you know, like a knight uh, relationship. Typically, though, it's like not not a staying relationship. The knight usually be coming in and out, so we're not, you know, that's not what that is for this for this conversation stimulating loyalty, partnership, and friendship. Emerald opens the heart chakra. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're talking about. Healing the auric field with unconditional love, hope, and joy with exuberance and a lust for life. The emerald is a sign for new beginnings and a fresh step into life. Radiating health, prosperity, and vitality. Grow in the direction of your dreams and nurture yourself along the way. You deserve the riches that life has to offer you. Bada boom. Bada bing. Bada boom. Bada bing. And so love that we have the greenery also in the in the knight of cups here for those of you again on the podcast you know the knight is sitting on his horse and there's a green pasture all around there's also a mountain in the background whenever we see a mountain in the tarot that does denote more work that needs to be done. It's an area of growth, but that's no secret to us. We know we need to learn and, and grow and able to dare to be the magician. And let's be clear. Anyone who wants to change their situation in their life is a magician. You, When you are 
seeking to create something from nothing. So, you know, all people of color, listen, we're out here. We're magicians, right? That's what we say, right? We make something out of nothing, da-da-da-da-da, okay? We're magicians. It's literally our lineage. By matter of fact, let me go back and read what this Sarah La Kali says. Oh my God, I opened right up to it. So this goddess is uh, Romani slash Egyptian. She is the temple of the ancestors resonating to the element of water. Again, here we are in Pisces season. There's also water on the Knight of Cups. Um, okay. So the ancestors in this goddess deck are deified historical figures. The temple of ancestors governs our basic survival needs. Remember, I was talking about the root chakra. Here we go, because the root chakra is concerned with survival. It radiates energetically with the color red and physically aligns with your tailbone area and lower body. I can't make this up. Like literally, like y'all watching on YouTube, like, you know, I just opened the book right up to this. Like you can see it. You can see the cards fly out. If you're not following the Magic Hours um, YouTube channel, I don't know what you're doing. Um, I don't know what the problem is, but I just suggest you come on in, like, share, subscribe. And for those of you watching on YouTube, if you're not following the podcast again, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> So you need to just go on over to the Magic Hours podcast available where most podcasts are available, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. Boom. Let's get into this. So this is a, this says, so it says, great ancestress, Sarah Lakali, meaning Sarah the Black, was an Egyptian prophetess and patron saint of the Romani people. It's interesting because as I was reading about like my um, my eye, um, they talk a lot about the Romani people, and so I am really interested in reading more about the Romani people too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on tap too to do that for myself. It says oral history says that Saint Sarah had the highest divine lineage, the highest. So if you are listening or watching, you are of the highest divine lineage. Let's be clear, this message is for you. And it says, the guidance here, your ancestors protect the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is you. Divine ones walk beside and within you trust. And remember, this was for to know. So in order to know, you got to trust. You got to trust that you are of a divine lineage. We have to trust that we are of divine lineage. Excuse me, there is no separation, which is also what the eye is about. This eye is a reminder. This was also something that Joe dropped on me. This eye is a reminder that we're all one. So I'm not going to call this the evil eye anymore. I'm going to just, you know, be calling it the eye because what it's doing is it's not just protecting from Malokyo, but it is reminding me that we are all one. So to embody Sarah or Sara, your ancestors want to remind you that you are not alone. They are rooting for you. They ask that you honor your spirit guides and call upon the power of the divine. Create or nourish your ancestor altar or shrine. 
unbury your ancestors, speak their names. Your divine lineage ancestors may be blood related or culturally or spiritually connected. The, the, the declaration is I am my sister and my sister is me. So that's what we have for no. So we're, so we're on no. So we didn't clear it up. No, we didn't clear it up to dare. Now let's get to, to will. What is the message for to will, please? What is the message for to will? I think this is called the Af the African Tarot. I can't remember the name of this deck. I, just, I don't know. To will, please. To will. What do you have to tell us about to will? What do you have to tell us of divine lineage? Whoa. That's way too many cards. Okay. This is the one. To will. Emperor, the emperor, emperor. I mean, how much more royal can you get? How much more royal can you get? And it was not the emperor in reverse. <clears throat> it's the emperor upright. Stunning. This card is stunning. Settled, secure in one's power. Your will. You deserve to have your will spoken into the world. But I'm not going to. I'm going to see what the book has to say. And hopefully it's not. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Great. I'm glad I have it. Okay. And I have some things underlined in the book for the emperor. General meaning. And the emperor is card number four in the tarot. Four is the number of foundation. Four, we're also talking about the four pillars. You see what we're doing? The four pillars, the four powers. Four is one of my favorite numbers. Four, four, four. September 4th, December 4th. All right. General meaning. The emperor represents a strong fatherly man. This is the time to follow the traditional ways of doing things. Use your wisdom and power to solve this issue. Stern energy may be present. You may be dealing with issues of power and control. When asking about success in business, the answer may lie in the application of hard work and discipline. Saturn energy. Remember I was talking about Saturn. Remember I talked, remember I meant to say Saturday and I said Saturn. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about Saturn. So as a person with very strong Saturn placements, again, the thing about the emperor can be a stern disciplinarian. Saturn is a stern disciplinarian. Saturn forces us to Saturn grinds us to a 
pillar of salt, basically. Saturn makes us into diamonds. And Saturn rewards us when we're done. Saturn is the keeper of time, the old man, the grumpy old man. And so is this not perfect for Will? So not only do we have the right to things that we desire, the emperor is here to say, we got to work on it. We got to practice. We've got to work that muscle. Solar plexus energy here. So let's get a crystal and see what crystal will help us with this energy. right yeah oh no it's right it's right so we have sunstone here yes yes mm -hmm. so sunstone is leadership confidence freedom sunstone shines bright igniting willpower now when this just dropped i thought that i had made a mistake i was like oh surely not sunstone but I forgot that Sunstone was about leadership. You see, trust and knowing. Sunstone gives you the courage to step out on your own and dare to make a difference. The universe is not playing with us. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'm holding the card up. You see that? Now that you see that sunstone gives us, gives you the courage to step out on your own and dare to make a difference. Radiating warmth and vitality. That's the second time that I heard vitality because emerald is also vitality. So there's something here about maybe energy being drained and not believing in ourselves and taking on all of society's messages can definitely drain us of our vitality. So also maybe doing some cord cutting to this society, people, places, and things to restore our vitality. <clears throat> Sunstone brings confidence to the beholder and is known to bring good luck. Fortuitous in nature, sunstone brings out nat your natural talents. I need some sunstone. Oh, maybe this is, oh, allowing you to shine like the star you are. Sunstone helps fulfill karmic contracts, alleviating the pressure around a sense of purpose or fulfillment. Abundance will flow once you nurture your gifts. And it resonates with Leo, Libra, and obviously the sun. So I'm definitely getting some ideas here, um, which I'm not going to share because we're in silence. Mm. So the learning is happening in real time. So we've got, I'm doing my recording. Sunstone and Emerald. And they're both for vitality. And 
Is there anything about leadership? There is the lust for life with Emerald. Okay, let's get to, so that's to dare. To know, to will, to dare, to be silence. All right. So for it to be silence, no, no, okay, no. Yo. Spirit is like, you will not use that deviant moon for anything. Oh, this deck is fine. Okay. This is better. Okay. To be silence. I talked about it. That's right. To be silence. Spirit, what do you have for us for to be silence? To be silence, to be in silence, to be silent, to be silent. So we have Urzuli Dantor and Urzuli is etheric chords. Now this was in reverse. So in this deck, whenever there's a card that's in reverse, it is to highlight or to accent the message. Urzuli. So Urzuli is from Haiti and she is from the Temple of the Lovers. This deck is separated by different suits and it's the lovers, the warriors, etc. So it says the high vibrating love goddess represents divine agape, romantic love, familial love, and platonic bonds. The temple of the lovers govern your heart physically and figuratively. Their energetic color vibrates green. So we are into the heart chakra now. What does that have to do with being silent, though? I don't know. I don't know. And it was in reverse. I don't know, but we're going to find out. So she resonates to the element of fire. And it says, Arzuli Dantor fought elbow to elbow with her people during the Haitian Revolution to protect mothers and children. She represents healing of the dark mother. Okay. Well, the dark mother is silent. Hmm. Hmm. The Dark Mother is silent. It's that mysterious aspect, the shadow aspect. The guidance is if it isn't wholehearted love, release it. Remember your worth. The energy cord binding you and someone you no longer wish to be attached to are strong. You must be willing to let go. Close your eyes. See divine swords of the God or goddess's love light separating you and dissolving cords between you. You are both whole and healed. Just as you shower to cleanse physical grime, there is also grime in the form of energy cords, also called karmic ribbons, emotional cords, or etheric cords. Spiritual maintenance is required. The declaration is I am worthy, compassionate, and whole. Okay. I have no idea what this means about to be silence. Oh, that's right, because they said we were doing it opposite. That's right, so not this deck, this deck. So I got to pull from the tarot too. That's right, I forgot. So, but we already have the instruction here to cut the cords that need to be cut. 
So we have the hermit in reverse and we have the queen of swords in reverse. So this is giving me very much I mean, the hermit is silence. And the queen of swords, and they talked about a sword here. So it's really going inward. And, you know, swords are thoughts, ideas, but swords are also the truth, facts. And the hermit also has a little sword in his hand, kind of, sort of. So separating yourself from anything that isn't the truth. And perhaps this is about, again, not broadcasting what you're doing, but doing it silently, doing it quietly, doing your cord cutting in peace, in quiet and not broadcasting. Their power in their faces and their conviction and their, in this hermit and this queen of swords and even with Urzuli, it's like, you don't need the validation. You don't need to tell everybody, okay, I'm going silence. I'm going to a silent retreat. It's like, no, just do it. And we've come to the end. I hope that you found this edifying. That's all we have to say. That's it. Like, share, subscribe, drop by. Let me know you care. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.